Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm super excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Amy Landino, and we'll explore how to pivot your personal brand. If you've been thinking about focusing into a new area, an area where you're not necessarily known for this thing, then this is a show you want to listen to for sure. By the way, my email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Now onto this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a really cool collaborative tool called Real Time Board. And what this thing is, is it's a, essentially a whiteboard that is public on the web that you and your team can collaborate on if you're on a digital team like we often are. Huh. Tell me more. Yeah. So what this does is it's essentially, you know, you, you we're all used to like going to webinars or, you know, go to webinar or go to meeting and all those different things where right. we watch someone flip through the slides that they've prepared. It's similar to that. However, there's a whiteboard there and then you can drop in and everybody's got collaborative, you know, there's there's different collaborative privileges, but you can drop in images and movies and slides and text. And this is really cool because it allows everybody to work on different places of the board all at once as if, you know, there was a a real whiteboard in front of you in a tangible workspace where you were all gathered like in a conference room. However, it's digital. So is this a mobile thing or a desktop thing? It's primarily a desktop thing. And again, some of the benefits to doing this is, for example, if you were trying to wireframe like a website, right. you'd be able to all zip to different places on the whiteboard and draw lines, drop in like the already prepped, uh, you know, assets that you have and have that workflow there in front of you to where you could all jump to different places and see it. Huh. Is this a tool? I mean, is this a free tool? Is this a paid tool? It's it's a paid tool. There is a free uh, version. There's a free you know baseline version where you can have three members and three boards, and then it goes up from there to you know five plus members, etc. But they also have a solopreneur plan that's like ten dollars a month, where you can have unlimited boards and screen sharing. So you could even make this like a uh, a webinar kind of a thing where you go out and then like teach people. How'd you find this thing? 
Uh, this is one of those ones. I don't know how I came across it. It was random. I think maybe one of our team members said, Hey, I just saw this, check this out. So, so does it allow a lot of the collaborative kind of features that you have inside of a Google, a Google doc, for example? Yeah. Think of it like a Google doc, but think of it as a more visual, um, kind of setting. So in other words, you could have like a story map that almost, cause they've got different versions of the board. Mm -hmm. that you can kind of select from as a template, much like Google Docs. One of them is a story map where it looks like a bunch of different uh, stickies, post-it notes, and you can write different things on them and then move those stickies into different places if you want to. Hmm. Um, There's another one called Kanban, which is, if anybody's familiar with Trello, as we've talked about on the show before, that's how Trello works, where it's, again, different uh, pieces in a business model or you know to-do list in different states of progress that you can move along on the board. Um, there's a web page design hmm. and even a flowchart design. Fascinating. Where so, do we where do we find this? Yeah. So the easiest place to find it is just realtimeboard.com. And they do have a free plan as long as you are not sharing it with more than three people, it sounds like that's what I'm hearing from you, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a the, the the baseline that free plan is three members and three boards. So, you know, depending upon the size of your team, and or the method that you would use this for, you should find something that's free or fairly inexpensive for you to try it out and uh, see if it fits your your uh, you know workflow. And as a reminder, uh, all of these tools that we bring to you are discoveries that we make. These are not paid. You know, no one's paying us to, to talk about these tools, uh, even though some of them do cost money. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for today's interview with Amy Landino. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Amy Landino. You may not recognize that name, but you might know her former name, which is Amy Schmittauer. And if you don't know either of those names, you ought to know them. She's the author of Vlog Like a Boss. She's also a video blogger, speaker, and coach, and a regular on this podcast. Welcome back, Amy. So glad to be back, Mike. Thanks for having me. So today, Amy and I are going to explore something a little different. We're going to explore how to pivot. And many people that are listening right now might be in a place in their job or in their personal life or in their 
personal brand or in their business where they realize they're known for one thing and they want to be known for a different thing. And this happens naturally in the course of life and in the course of business. And Amy has been going through this. So we're going to explore a little bit of Amy's story and the lessons that she's learned along the way. So um, let's start with your story, Amy. Just for those that don't know who you are, maybe talk about what you used to be known for. And then let's talk about your pivot a little bit. Yeah, sure. And it's sort of like weird, right? It's like this used to be known, want to be known. I think everything is going to have its place when sort of, I guess, the dust settles. But yeah, my, my backstory or what I'm most known for is video. I've been a video marketing consultant for about five, uh, nine years, almost 10. Um, I left my nine to five in 2011 and I just knew I really needed to brand myself appropriately. Even in 2011, I know, Mike, you can probably remember what the state of social media was at that time. I I wanted to come out as somebody that was um, someone you could trust in this industry. And even then, I think we all, you know, deal with the um, with the obstacle of oversaturation. Even then, there were some really incredible thought leaders that to me, I just thought, how am I going to stand out from the crowd? And I knew that the thing I had up my sleeve that wasn't really being as frequently used in sort of the marketing business world was being able to create a pretty good video. I'd already been on YouTube. Um, I started using YouTube in 2007, really became an active user in 2008 and 2009. And um, so in 2011, when I started that business, I knew I had to create that dedicated channel that was going to be where people could get to know, like, and trust me for what I did. And that was social media and video content marketing. So that's how Savvy Sexy Social came to be. I was producing three episodes a week pretty religiously. I think I missed one episode because of a family emergency, but that consistency was there. And um, it really helped me so much to get my face out there when I really needed to um, grow my business. I was just starting on my own. I needed clients. And so this was the best way I knew how to market myself. And so that's how that all shook out. I, that went on for quite some time. I finally let, wrote let me inject a little. It. Let me inject a little bit here. So mm -hmm. you and I met at at a conference blog world years ago, maybe when you were yeah. just getting started, actually. 2010 was my first blog world. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go full time. This yeah. is so me. And we probably met there. And I I, I uh, definitely remember bumping into you in some bowling alley in Los mm -hmm. Angeles. I, I don't remember mm -hmm. what year that was. But um, back then, you know, you were, you were using uh, some of your humor and savviness to just kind of create short little videos. And then eventually you pivoted you know, I, I would say not maybe pivoted, but kind of evolved into sharing tips and techniques, right? Mostly social. And then somewhere along the, the line, you, you started focusing pretty heavily on YouTube, right? And I don't know if I'm getting ahead of the story here, but, but that there was a little bit of evolution there wasn't there from being someone who was using YouTube to teach social to someone who was using YouTube to teach YouTube, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so there was sort of like, there were the schmatastic years. That was like my first public. That's not even my first channel. That's my first public channel on YouTube. And that was really where I learned the art of making video and learning what it was like to have content and needing to market it so I could get viewers. I didn't even know I was marketing at the time. That's what led me to kind of fall in love with this industry. And so Savvy Sexy Social started. And although I knew I was teaching video by using it, I wasn't really teaching video because there wasn't quite demand for it yet. In 2011, it was very much social media advice, Savvy Sexy Social. I wanted to make you more social as a as an organization. So that's really where the beginning was. And, and video just became a big part of the conversation because I was showing to tell. And I think that that's going to be a consistent theme here because I was using video to teach 
these things, people wanted to know, how can you use video to teach what I know? And so that's really where video marketing continued to evolve for me. It was always sort of present, but when it was already very difficult, especially here in the Midwest, which is why I had to have clients all over the world, in the Midwest, nobody was ready to pay for a social media department in 2010, 2011. They thought it was crazy. They thought it was going away. So it was those tips that I really had to focus on first um, and definitely not YouTube. But yeah, YouTube has obviously become a really, really big piece of the conversation since probably 2013 in my presence. So what happened in the last year or so that caused this next pivot? Yeah. So, I mean, in 2017, I I wrote the book on the whole thing. You know, it was really interesting when the video world not only gets your face out there from a marketing perspective, but event organizers were reaching out to me and saying, we want you to speak. So my trajectory as a speaker really started to begin. And then when you're speaking and then you get off stage and everyone's like, let me buy your book. They're asking to buy a book. I'm like, what are you talking about? I make videos. <laughs> but But I finally realized after I was knocked over the head hundreds of times that I should write a book and my community really wanted one, which was cool. And I knew that was going to be a big moment in sort of like this whole, no pun intended, chapter on the whole thing. So I wrote that book in 2017, released it, but 2018 was going to be that big shift. And I, I knew it was happening. It was just a sort of build up, and we can talk about that. But the, 2018 was that big shift. And um, I really ripped a Band-Aid off, a big Band-Aid off. You know, I got married in 2017, so my name was changing. Uh, I knew that the channel was evolving a lot. Savvy Sexy Social wasn't the right name to describe what we were doing anymore. So I knew that had to go and the content was evolving. So ultimately, January 1st, 2018 was like, hey, my name is now Amy Landino and Savvy Sexy Social is now Amy TV. So welcome. <laughs> and and share a little bit about like what you're pivoting into. You didn't just change your name. You also decided to pivot into a different topic area, right? Yeah, a little. I mean, yeah, a little bit. But here's, I mean, the name I was kind of a cool thing, right? Like the, I knew that that was going to happen. And so I sort of just made sure everything happened at the same time. So there wasn't a lot of confusion, but I had already sort of been laying the groundwork for where I wanted my personal brand to go or where I wanted my brand as a whole to go. I knew that I had a lot more to share than just sort of the, Hey, here's how you use video. Here's how you leverage video. Here's all the tips and tricks you could possibly need to know about video. That's something I've been talking about a long time and I love it. And I will sit here and nerd out about it for hours. But the reality is I knew I had a lot more that I wanted to give. And the biggest thing is that my audience wanted more. And there were a lot of people that were tuning in to what I was doing with zero intention of vlogging like a boss, but they simply admired something that they saw in this presence in me that was motivating them to be better. And so whenever I would share a video, I'd really try to read on what in the what was going on in their mind once they saw a piece of content like this from me. What was their first barrier to entry before even the solution I just gave them? There's always something holding you back before that next step. And when I really started investigating those comments and digging in more to what the issues of my audience was at that moment, I knew there was territory that they wanted me to cover that would far surpass how important anything else could be, especially video to them. Um, so I think 
that's really it. But it, that's caused me to go in a lot of different directions, right? So there's productivity, there's like time optimization, um, really trying to figure out how to go after that success, even if you feel like you weren't really born to be successful or you weren't destined to do a certain thing. I really believe that if you decide to take control of your life, that you can determine what happens to you and you can really go after that life that you want. And so that's it's so, very, so you're really pivoting it's, it's all into, encompassing, but it's, it's what I talk about. It's, you're really, um, focusing more on empowerment, right. And more, um, and possibly like getting things done, building a brand yeah. for yourself, that kind of stuff, a little bit of a change, obviously from here's how to use video Absolutely. and here's how to use social. And that's cool. So let me ask you this question. At some point you said, you know, I've been doing this thing for a long time. What was that little itch inside your brain or what were the little thoughts in your brain that said, okay, well, since I'm changing my name, this is a good time to leap in. I mean, what was, what was there going on inside your head? Because I think a lot of people, a lot of people hear, hear these things and ignore them. So talk to us a little bit. Yeah. I, this was long before the name change is just like sort of icing on this whole cake, right? I I actually thought I was going to be Amy Schmittauer forever. I'm very proud of my father's name and I love that it's on my first book. I I was just talking to a book consultant the other day because I was making sure that from a personal branding perspective, everything was, was uh, where it needed to be. But um, it had nothing to do with the name. It was actually more in the beginning of 2016 when I started to feel like this was going to happen. And it was just, again, really observing what are people talking about? What are they saying? What is holding people back really at the root of everything? But what was going on in your head is what I want to know. What stopped I mean, you from making the switch in, my head is, in is 2016? I, Go ahead. Yeah. I, I knew that I could talk about what I was doing forever and ever, but I just didn't want to. I knew that there had to be something more. And I'd already known that previously. But what I also was thinking was, I love the process. So even though at 2016, I'm like, huh, I kind of wish I was doing something else. I kind of wish I was known for talking about something else. I'm going to get there. But right now, I know I've worked very hard on what I currently have and what I'm doing, and it's not done yet. And I need to do a justice to what I've built so far in order to make that next step, certainly for me to feel like I can take that next step. Because to me, it's sort of like abandoning a project you started and never finishing it. I want to finish that project. So even though in 2016, I was thinking, I know I can help people on a deeper level than this. I just do. I I knew so, I so couldn't what? stop then. Perfect. Otherwise, I would disprove my own point about you know following through with what you do. So I I would like to to speak to some of the fears that you might have had because I'm sure you had you faced your sure. fears right. It wasn't easy to change the name that you were known for, even though you knew that you said yourself you thought you totally. were going to have that name forever. So talk to me about some of the honest fears that you were facing because I want people to listen that this is a reality and and then how you address those fears. Absolutely. Number of fears here. One, Savvy Sexy Social was a name I chose because my last name was difficult. And I thought, huh, that's a really fun name. And I had a whole thought process around it. I I want businesses to be savvier. I want people to be savvier and their content can be sexy, even if the ideas or the products that they have not necessarily that sexy and they're going to be much more social. I had a whole plan on that name and it did amazing things for me. And I was in no way abandoning that name. I just knew it was time to graduate from it. The fear there was what if no one else thinks I should graduate from it? 
And then it was also, you know, no one really ever called me Amy Schmidauer. They called me Amy Savvy Sexy Social. So I had all kinds of branding issues going on with that. Mm. That That's a good problem and a bad problem. You know, the thing I said was people know who I am. This is good. They're pushing my stuff out there. It's great. You know, my my Twitter handle, my Instagram handle is Schmittastic. So it was, people thought Schmittauer wasn't even a real name. They thought Schmittastic was my last name. It was, it was kind of all over the place. But the biggest fear was is it okay that I just do a, a P. Diddy move here? And I'm not Puff Daddy anymore. I'm P. Diddy. End of story. That was a huge, especially Amy TV from Savvy Sexy Social, because so many people know the name Savvy Sexy Social. Men in particular like to say Sexy Savvy Social for whatever reason, but you know, it, it was still a name that was known. So that, that was a huge fear. But I think If I'm being completely honest, there's the surface level fears. There's sort of like, well, can I move on to a new name or can I, can I do this, that, or the other thing? But the reality is I, you really learn a lot about yourself when you're going through this because you're really thinking, am I enough? Because this whole transition was going to be predicated on whether or not me, myself, my face, my personality, my mantra, the way I, I run my own life and teach people how they can optimize theirs. Is that going to be enough? Am I enough? And that's a lot to take on in this process. Uh, Also, you know, about to get married. Am I enough for him? Am I enough for my community? Am I enough of a name to get rid of all these like pretty things that have been dressing up my name up to this point? I want to talk to this for a minute because there's some interesting stuff here. First of all, the good news is you are not, you are changing your brand and your name, but you are still with you. And it's important, I think, for people to realize that you're not abandoning yourself. You know what I mean? And it sounds kind of crazy to say that, but you still got you, right? Even if nobody else understands it, you still got you and everything that you got inside of you and all the experiences and all the skills that you you have, you, you're in a place where you can do something with that. Now, one of the fears that you, you addressed a little bit earlier was, which, which I don't think you think is a fear, but I see it that way. You said, I teach people to finish what you start. And I'm about putting a plan together and then getting there. But what happens, isn't it sometimes right to say, forget about that principle because I got to give up on that because it may be that I never finish that plan and that's stopping me from moving to the next area. What's your thoughts on that? I totally agree. I think that it's a, it's it's going to depend on what it is and and who you are and how you're really feeling about it. Are you doing it just because someone told you to do it or do you actually fully believe in it? And that's where I was. I fully believed in everything I'd been educating on and every way that I had helped people. And every time somebody reached out to me and said, I started video and it helped me so much. I got the job or a client hired me or any of those things. Because of that, I knew I was in a good place and I knew I wanted to finish what I started. But do I believe that if something's not working and it's not right for you, you should stop immediately? Absolutely. I read books all the time and I stop right where I need to. And I'm like, I'm good with this. I don't need to finish this. It's it's a waste of time if you're doing something that's not right for you. What I knew for sure was what I was doing was an amazing place to be on the trajectory for where I want to go for being an expert and for being uh, known for something that really did help people. And I didn't just want to get shiny object syndrome and move on. I think those are two different places to be. I loved what I did. I just knew I wanted more. I'll, I'll tell a story to you that you may not know and some of the audience might know. I Before I started Social Media Examiner, I was extremely well-known in a totally different industry. 
as a writer, as a writer of these things called white papers. And I was set for life. I was making tons of money. I had all the biggest corporations in the world wanting to hire me and lining up and waiting for months. And I, if I wanted to, could do it for the rest of my life and retire comfortably. And I decided to start Social Media Examiner. And after the first six months, it was so successful that, and by the way, I ranked for white papers, number one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, and nine on the first page of Google search, just to give you some perspective, okay? I deleted everything. I killed the server files and fully deleted it. And I know you're thinking, you go, Mike, right? It was the most awesome experience that I've ever had. And it was literally like leaving, it it was like coming to America and burning the canoe or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, this is something that I think a lot of people deal with. And you might've dealt with this too, which is you've got it made. You could just do this forever if you wanted to. What do you want to say to that? before you switched to, to the new thing, you know? Because you yeah. could have just owned video and done it forever. And I'm sure people were telling you, are you nuts? You have this incredible opportunity in front of you. So how did you deal with that? I've, I've had that. I don't think anyone's really been as honest as they'd probably like to be at this point. But here's the thing. What I know for sure is the I am so immersed in the conversations that I have with my community and I know very well who my target audience has been since the beginning and that that has not changed. It seems as though things have changed because on the surface, the content is shifting, the content is going in new and different directions. The same individual I've been thinking about since the beginning is still here. And so I think that's what's really interesting and I listen to her. And when I listen to her, I know I'm on the right track. And when I have other people coming up and saying, what's going on? This is a little different and weird. And what's happening? And why are you doing this? And and why are you? They don't get it because they are not her. So for me, it's very easy to stay focused on the game plan because I know I'm good with the person that matters here. And the person I'm leaning into is lifting my brand higher and bringing in more people that are just like her. And it's sort of like that thing. What is, I think Chris Ducker says this all the time. Attract the best, repel the, repel the rest. Right. And when you do that, it's it's so scary. This is the niche conversation everyone's really afraid of. But when you do it and you've done it really well and you are so focused on that target – that you don't lift your eyes or get distracted by others and what they're doing, you are you could be so amazed at what will happen, and that's a real testament to becoming known for anything. And I think this is this is a perfect transition into how to know where to focus next. Um, in my case, white papers to social media, it had a bridge. It just isn't obvious at first glance. In my case. All of a sudden, in 2009, everybody was talking about Facebook and Twitter, and mm-hmm. and marketers were the were who my audience were, and they were trying to figure out how to generate leads with white papers. And I began to see that whenever I would write or talk about how to use social media in the context of my audience, that they would eat it like it was candy. And mm-hmm. for me, that was how I saw the little opportunity that became the big opportunity. And it sounds like you have a similar kind of a story. So so. Tell people kind of like, how did you kind of, you mentioned that you found it in the comments and stuff, but obviously you were searching for the next thing. Am I right? Or did you yes, know, or did absolutely. you know you I wanted? Think, I think it's, I think it's a balance of both because yeah. I was searching for the next thing. 
And I knew exactly who was going to tell me what it was, but I wasn't going to be able to do it until I saw it really happening. And so you have to just listen. That's, this, is, this is just sophisticated listening. If you just want to drop a piece of content on the world and hope it gets a bunch of comments and likes for the sake of it and not really pay attention to it, you're not going to go anywhere. But what I'm looking for is trends in the conversation. You know, there's a reason why you can vote up someone else's comment in a lot of these different places now. And it's because people want to say when they all have something that they want you to do or they want you to move forward with. And so every, even if it wasn't that big and grand, even if I just got maybe a hundred comments and there were just people peppered in all saying the same thing, but in different ways, I was making note of that. I would use control, what is it? Command F just to look for question marks anywhere in my comments because I wanted to see what the questions were. And what I did you do with that? Did you start making videos answering those questions to test it out a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, you, first of all, I just keep like a, an Evernote of questions and I try to keep them broken out into their different compartments because I want to see how many times I'm being asked something. Is it really becoming a trend and is it just some, some one-off or can I offer it as a solution in another way? It's also a great way for Q and A, but quite frankly, you can make a Q and A happen much easier. You can just say, Hey guys, I'm doing a Q and A. What do you want to know? But it was for me, it was market research of my own community. I wanted to know what was the issue and let's just break it down. I was talking about video. If you're listening to this and you haven't made a video before, what's the first thing you think of? You have an issue with confidence. You have an issue with vulnerability. There's a lot of underlying obstacles that are going to pop up before what camera do you buy actually matters. So that's what I was searching for. And I really wanted to know what was the holdback from not getting your message out there, no matter what that message would be. That's fascinating. And in my case, um, see, what, what, what I love about what Amy is saying here, she kind of tested the waters, right? With She found some stuff, she made some content, soft, it stuck, right? In my case, I started writing a blog, some uh, blog posts for a copy blogger and for marketing profs, and it just so happened that those posts were the most popular post of the entire year. And that was like signal strength you know, like, wow, it was almost like someone let off a cannon, you know, and it's like, hello, do you see what's happening here? Right. And, and, and sometimes you just have to watch for the signals. I love that. Now yeah. what I want to ask you, you can comment on that. You have anything to say on that? No, no, I was just going to say, um, I, I, I think this is just good content marketing just to, just to piggyback off of that because, in my specific situation, whenever I was testing something, you can't just put it out there and just say, okay, did it do better or did it do worse? You have to really pay attention, especially on YouTube. Something may not, you know, it's not like everywhere else that the content can live for years, especially if it does well, unlike places like maybe like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram where things are dying off in 48 hours or less. So anytime I see something do well, you have to lean into that. And there was one specifically that I tried at the beginning of the year. It was called make time for everything you want to do. And the moment I saw that thing go micro viral and it's it's probably now at like 120,000 views or something, the moment I saw that start to peak, I knew YouTube saw that it was starting to peak and I knew my community was bringing in new people. So I said, okay, great. I'm going to one up that. If you're making time for everything you want to do, maybe you have to wake up early. And we talked about that in that video. So I took that particular piece because it was in the comments. How do we wake up early, Amy? Oh my gosh, it's so hard. N the next video I did was how to wake up at 5 a.m. even if you don't feel like it. And that's gone on to get 350,000 views. So because of the test, uh, it's not just me like 
rainbows and sunshine, I found question marks and answered questions. I answered questions and they really were the big what ifs that were happening in the brains of my community. And then not only that, when you see something work, you don't just like run off to the next thing you have planned. Maybe you keep that thing you have planned and, and maybe save it for later so you can lean into what's working at this moment. Cause if you have new people coming in, you've got to satisfy them to stay pretty quickly. And so I think that was just one really yeah, practical and, and by example. the way, you just made this a lot easier for a lot of people listening right now, because a oh, lot of yeah. people, a lot of people are thinking, it's cold turkey time. Like what Mike mm. said, delete the website, burn the bridge. But it doesn't have to be that way. You know, and in, and in Amy's case and my case, there was plenty of like experiments, right, that happened before you burned the bridge. And in some cases, you never have to burn the bridge. Um, and it's so fascinating to hear how you can do this in a series of steps. Um, and speaking of doing this, you know, now let's talk about the audience that you had. Because there had to be some sort of a, how am I going to get this audience that I have transitioned over to this new topical area, right? Because it's it's one thing to decide that I'm going to pivot into this thing and I want to be known for this thing, but it's another thing to kind of get your audience to follow you because not everyone is going to follow you. So do you have any tips on that and how you did that? Yeah, absolutely. I think you have to first get just really okay with this. And I think it kind of goes to a conversation I seem to have a lot with email marketing. It's like, yes, you're going to have people unsubscribe. And that is okay because they were probably not going to invest in your thing and they were probably not someone you should have on your list in the first place if they're not a good fit. As long as you're treating your list the way it should be, it's fine. It's kind of the same thing here. As you're pivoting, you need to realize that you're niching down even more on that person. You're really getting focused on them. And so the people who have ripple effect been positively impacted by your brand who may or may not understand what's going on in the future, they're going to fall off and that's okay. So I think really for me, I knew this was happening in 2017. Um, when I launched the book, that was sort of like the big moment that, okay, things aren't changing yet because I have to lean into the promotion of this book. So the channel is still going to be very much video focused, but I know now that if I want to be where I'm going to be in 2018, I need to start getting people used to the idea of me and am I enough and do I have other things that can be interesting or engaging or valuable to you other than a quick hack on the back end of YouTube. So that was really what happened there in that first, that, that entire year, I experimented with so many dip different types of videos to kick it off. That first, um, the book came out January 31st. I vlogged every single day in January leading up to that launch, really showing people behind the scenes of what it was like to get a book ready to go out into the world. It was very like, get to know me on a basic level. It's not sophisticated. I self-published a book, you know? It was very much, you're in my home office, I'm doing interviews, I'm talking a lot. So there was a lot of video value there, but it was also, you're really getting to know me, you saw my dog, you saw my fiance. And so there was a lot of that going on. That transition made it a lot, well, that process made it a lot easier to transition as a whole because now my, my real goal in 2017 is 
I'm Amy, let's get to know each other a little bit better instead of, you know, I'm this girl that's been delivering the hacks for the number of years. And so now in 2018, when I take you into a new space with me, you trust me to go there. And so I think that's, um, you'll just notice, man, in 2017, we really had a heyday with the channel, which confused the crap out of YouTube. But I knew I had to do it with my community because of what I, I wanted to do with them and I wanted them to continue with me. Those who were the right person. Now, the strategist inside of me says, if you're about to do a swan song or whatever they call that, a book is probably not the right thing to do because Mm -hmm. that book is just going to open up incredible opportunities on video blogging. And of course, you want to pivot out of that. However, if you, um, and I don't remember exactly how you did the book, but you could have spent a lot of time in that book addressing some of the things that you were going to pivot into. And that way, when you did get speaking gigs, you could you could spend a little time on video blogging and a little more time on the underlying fears. Was that a strategy that you thought about when you were writing the book? Or did you have to deal with the everybody wants me to talk on video blogging kind of challenge, well, which I is almost was- like keeping you focused on that thing you want to move away from, right? Yeah, no, I but but to me, it was like, I had to I had to write the book on this thing that I had just worked so hard on. So I think that that was important to me. In addition to the fact that Vincenzo, my husband and co-founder, we just founded a company in 2016 that was done for you video and a, and a creative studio. So to me, the video blogging conversation was very important. And it actually it helped strategic, me introduce huh? this idea of vlogging to very big businesses. And so that, that book's really, really important in our business strategy. And it got it's me into because, vlogging. <laughs> oh yeah. Got you into vlogging. I, I mean, come on, I'm a little influencer over here. Come on. <laughs> so, so this is, this is what I'm saying about that, but I, there were absolutely some underlying, um, I'm using that word a lot. Uh, some, 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 um, what's, what am I trying strategy? to say? Um, uh, not a, not a strategy, but just messaging. I wanted to resonate with everyone going forward, no matter what I'm doing or where I'm talking. It's a podcast, a video, a blog post, a, a book. It doesn't speaking all of it. I'm, I'm always teaching you one thing and that's really that you can get the attention that you deserve on the brand that you have, whether it's a personal brand, somebody just graduating college and they have to go get a job, they got the degree, but that's not good enough anymore. You have to be spectacular to get hired. Now you have a personal brand, or if you're a company and you have a brand and you're trying to figure out how video plays a role, maybe that's resonating with you as well. But I knew that the book was going to help me going forward because overall, I do believe that I'm still continuing to educate people on when you're going after the life you want, you do need some level of attention in order to get what you want to happen. And uh, these days when everyone is just so consumed with oversaturation this and it's too busy that and I'm not the first one this, that is a very important conversation to have. And I believe that if you know who you're talking to, you can get that attention that you need or deserve. And so I think that's always an underlying theme. I think that's what I was going for, a theme in everything that I talk about. And I know that the book did me justice on that, which is why I think it did its job. So at this point, as of this recording, you have changed the name of your YouTube channel. You've changed your content. Mm -hmm. You're pretty much all in on this new topic. Has there ever been this, do you ever wake up in the morning and say, what have I done? Am I doing the right thing? Be honest. Or do you feel like you're in your, or do you feel like this is where I'm supposed to be? I really never, I've not felt like that one time. I actually, I'm smiling so big right now because I love that question. Like I, I am so, so confident about where I am right now. It, it is, 
it's the most satisfying feeling because I knew I could do it. I knew I had something greater to give. And geez, I mean, all I've been talking about is waking up at 5 a.m. Like I haven't even scratched the surface. I know I have it in me and I I really feel like I've been able to prove that. And this new story for me has only been six months. So that's really satisfying. It just really shows that, gosh, I think I do know what I'm doing. And I really scheduled myself for success. I really made it happen the way I needed to. And I knew in 2016, this was going to happen. And I was patient and I did all of the legwork I needed to do to do it right. And therefore, you know, the people in my community who are destined to stay are saying, Amy, this channel has never been better. It has gotten exponentially better. I don't miss a single episode. And the people who maybe were not that um, had who absolutely benefited in the past but aren't a great fit going forward are the ones that are a little bit more confused but still have so much respect for me because of what value I have brought them in the past. I could not feel better about this. Someone right now who's listening to this is saying to themselves, You go, Amy, <laughs> but I don't know. I I want to do this, but I'm totally scared. What do you want yeah. to say? To, what do you want to say to them? I have been in your situation. I know it's hard, but if you are able to work as hard as you did on chapter one, I think you can move on to chapter two and you can do it bigger and better than ever before. And I know that I wish I had someone saying that to me and I hope that that's helpful for you. And I, and I have cheerleaders. Don't get me wrong. I have lots of cheerleaders in my life, but the, People, I say this to everyone, especially in the beginning stages of anything, because let's just say you have nothing going on. It's so easy for someone in my situation to say like, oh yeah, it's fine. Just do all the work and people will jump on the, on the train with you later. It's true. I was all alone doing this thing all by myself. Truly, I hate to put it that way, but I didn't have, you know, parents that really understood what I was doing. They just kind of let me do my thing. You know, I had to cut people out of my life that didn't get it. And so I could focus on having chapter one work out for me. And now that chapter one's going great and all the cheerleaders are like, yay, that's so exciting. And I'm like, okay, now I'm going to change. And they're like, wait a minute, what? And that can be tough because you may feel like you're getting back to zero again and that you really have to believe in what you're doing so hard that even if those around you don't get it yet, they will. It's always going to be that way. If they don't get it now, they will. And it's just a matter of you pressing through and, and making it happen. But if it's right in your heart, if it's right in the in the heart of your community and you know they want that from you and you know it's where you want to be, then there should be nothing holding you back. And the reality is that you'll never, ever know if you don't try. So true. And if you don't try, someday you might regret it. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what the world would be like without Social Media Examiner, our industry, if mm-hmm. I never had, if I never had taken that leap, you know, and and done what I done. And and here's the thing: you who are listening right now, you could change the world in your own little way, and it may never happen because you are scared. And you're not willing to give a try. But you know what? The reality is you've done a lot of things in your life that were scary. And you've survived and thrived. And I think this is what's exciting is we live in a time now where it's easier than ever to pivot. 
And there's incredible resources out there that can enable you to experiment with a side hustle, you know, and just see if it works. And you don't have to dive all in and give up everything, you know, and sell your house and all that craziness. You can kind of take it in stages. So my encouraging word to everyone here is that you don't know if you don't try. You want anything to that, Amy? No, I think that was perfectly put. Well, first of all, this has been a fun episode because I don't think I've ever done anything quite like this before. And I just want to thank you, Amy Landino, for coming on and sharing your story and inspiring many people. I want to encourage everybody that if you were inspired by this story, be sure to reach out to Amy and let her know. Um, And be sure to leave comments in the blog post link, which we'll tell you later on. But Amy, I want you to tell people where they can find you and connect with you. Absolutely. So of course, I'll be on YouTube. So you can stay tuned over there. Just go to youtube.com slash Amy TV, A-M-Y. TV. And if you're looking for a speaker who knows a little bit about how to get attention, especially in an oversaturated market, I might be the right one for you. You can find out those details at amylandino.com. Amy, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks, Mike. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's episode. We took all the notes for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 304. Hit that subscribe button if you're new to this podcast, because we got some amazing content coming. And if you're a regular listener, would love a rating and or a review in the Apple Podcast app. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your fast-talking host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you may make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.